found a decaf coffee? That I, I like. That feels well. really important. Can we talk about but it for like a hot second? I will say it goes really well with dates. This episode sponsored by Julie's. I do love dates. Fresh medjool dates. <laughs> Pit free. I do Honestly, love dates. They're, they're like the best fucking dates I've found. So a lot of dates actually make my tongue swell because where it's split, it's more sensitive to certain things. And I think it's like the fucking glyphosate shit, like the pesticide they shit. put on dates. Yeah, yeah, These are glyphosate free. Gluten free. Oh. Kosher. That's great. Halal. Listen, I'm aligned with dates sponsoring Jules. the podcast. I want I want us to have whatever we like sponsoring it. So I, would, I think that's yeah, that I your local Whole Foods. Consumer packaged goods. I would very much decaf coffee should definitely be sponsoring us. Dates. Do you have a date connect for us? Yeah. We're really into dates. Not you know, not the relationship dates, ones. Dates We're all in long term committed relationships. Yeah. Dates are the perfect black coffee accompaniment. So good. Welcome to No Clear Answers, where we explore the common challenges all humans, creators, and leaders face and break down preconceived notions of common self-help ideas. We are your hosts. I'm Ricky Goldenberg. I'm Justin Mulvaney. And I'm Dr. Corey Wilkes. Why does it make me happy every time you introduce yourself and include the doctor? Look, my dad yelled at me, so I have I know, to that's that. why I love Every time you do it, I imagine you being like, see, dad, see, and I love it. Shout out to dad. Okay. So today's episode, <laughs> we're going to talk about goals. Ricky, uh, before we started recording, you said what day is national quitting day? January 12th, January 12th, according to Strava, which is the run app. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah. They basically ran a massive study at some point. Please nobody quote me on this because I'm pulling this from like the, the dregs of my brain. And also I have not hit REM sleep in a month. So I have not hit a REM cycle in a month. So I'm working on sleep deprivation right now. But basically they did a big ass study. On people had January set goals 17th. Them. I'm pulling January it up 12th, here so we Strava. can validate it. Strava here says January 17th is Quitter's Day. Okay, that's so how you know long what, the guys? average New Year's resolutions last. Whatever. That's when it happens. They run a big ass study on data that was basically like, when do people give up? And it was somewhere between January 12th and January 19th. It's apparently January 17th, which Over is coming here, up in just a few January days. January 12th. So apparently they don't always agree somewhere around here. Yeah. I think they've also run the study more than once. So that might be why we're getting slightly different dates, which is that why I give it. the range yeah. from January 12th to January 19th from our resolutions episode. But basically, my point is, is like, you're barely three or four weeks into the new year. People are giving up on the stuff that they had set up, set up for themselves. We talked a lot about this in the resolutions episode. You should go back and listen to that because we have a lot of opinions on it. But yes, we are right at basically quitting day right cool. now because it's January 11th. And I will say that that tracks anecdotally. Like it seems like a lot of people with most goals around three weeks in, like two to three weeks in, most people just give up. Right. And, and like you said, we, we talked about some of the nuances of that in an earlier episode around like New Year's resolutions and things. So for today's episode, we still might touch on New Year's resolutions in that those are the most popular times that people set goals. 
but this episode is more about goals collectively. So even if you're listening to this in like September or some shit, it sh should still be super applicable. Okay. <clears throat> My first question is why are we so obsessed, especially like American Western type culture? Why are we so obsessed with setting goals with goal setting frameworks, things like this? Why do you all think we have this obsession with goals? Oh, I got a spicy take dropping in right away. Tell us. Uh, well, the, the thoughts that present themselves are, are one, I think there's good intention behind a lot of it, which, right, if we get into the science of goals and why they work and all these things, it's um, there's a clarity that comes with it, right? There's a clarity of vision. There's a clarity of knowing where you're going. I think the reason why culturally – I operate in the tech space. There's a lot of founders. It feels really good when people are like, what are you up to right now? To be able to like put out a big sexy goal to be like, yeah, this year we're trying to hit. It feels so good to be like 5 million in ARR. And I think part of the reason why is because American culture, Western culture, capitalist cultures, like there is a push. You, you get rewarded for being ambitious and having bigger goals. And so – uh, we're obsessed with setting goals that feel really big and ambitious and we get to share with other people. And then there's also the the tension of we want to meet our goals. So we want to try and set goals in such a way that it maximizes the likelihood that we meet them. And I think a lot of people, we look to control reality by controlling how we set our goals. And so I think a lot of people are reaching for di these different goal setting modalities and the perfect way to set goals to meet different, different needs of theirs, whether that's trying to control the outcome or trying to be, look at their friends and go like, I'm going to hit this huge thing. I think about it as, yeah. Okay. Yes. And I think about it as it depends on where the goals are being set and coming from. So for like example, organizations, I feel like they're obsessed with setting goals because that's how they demonstrate their bottom line. That's how they demonstrate and like get the workforce motivated. So if you work with an organization or a corporate section, you sort of need to say, what am I doing over these next 30, 60, 90 days? And that's what I'm going to be judged against. And that's how we're going to know, did I meet it? Did I not meet it? And if I don't have goals, then what am I even doing with my time? And there's like this obsession with understanding what everybody's spending all of their time on. Is it laddering up with the vision of the organization? So you need to have goals. And then you put together these goals that are like, kind of come from bullshit from a two-day offsite that don't even take into account what the next year is going to look like. So when I think about it with organizations, they're obsessed with it because they need something to, in order to like control their workforce and also demonstrate, hey, look at us, look what we're doing. And then I think about it as for like founders or entrepreneurs or people who run their own companies, you set goals because it helps you have feel control over what is happening within your business, right? Like if I don't have goals and I'm kind of moseying around and so I need to set goals because that's how I'm going to know I'm succeeding. It's like, ooh. And then I also think of the third category as being personal goal setting. Oh, this is the year that I want to learn another language or I want to get healthy. And I think that we get obsessed with that because there's this desire of like bettering ourselves, especially in the month of January. I'd argue also around April for spring and September for the school year. But there's also this desire and like, you know, this feeling of I need to have it on paper in order to meet or not meet. And it's going to have to be this big meaty thing. And if I don't have it be this big meaty thing, I'm not going to meet it. 
So I think of it as those like three separate categories and there's like different obsessions within each of them. What about you, Corey? So I agree with you all. I I think that ultimately our obsession with goals is well-intentioned because goals are in our minds, how we achieve more right? I have a goal to do this thing. I am then driven. I am motivated in this specific direction to achieve this goal. And by achieving this goal, I am somehow bettered my quality of life, who I am, whatever. Right. And then once I hit that, I do another goal and then another goal. The issue is, well, there are a lot of issues. One of the issues is that kind of keeps a lot of people on a version of the hedonic treadmill, right? where you constantly seek more, you chase more instead of defining enough, right? Very few people ever take the time to define like, okay, well, what is enough for me? Like, Mm -hmm. right. They're always trying to to do more, which again is well-intentioned in that we're all trying to reach our potential in some capacity in life or business, whatever. But a lot of people get so focused on setting goals, they forget to celebrate the past achievements, the, the progress they've made. Right. So they're only ever looking forward and they're looking forward with some, with some sense of dissatisfaction that they haven't already achieved that thing. Right. Another thing is for a lot of us setting goals can almost give us a sense of accomplishment without having to actually do the thing. Right. And we'll, you know, we're going to do another episode on like busyness and what is the difference between being busy and productive or effective versus efficient, things like this, because people confuse these as well. So look out for that episode. But I, I see so many people get like obsessed over this is the best goal setting framework, or this is the best way to do this. And then they spend so much time learning it and creating this whole fucking online, you know, database or notion database or this or that, that fully fleshes out all their goals and, and what they do on like a, an hour to hour basis, day to day, week to week. And then they can just check off all the things and they love it, but it's like, okay, but did that actually facilitate your desired transformation? Or did you get so caught up in micromanaging your goals that you lost, lost, track of the actual bigger picture of what you're actually trying to accomplish, right? It's just like a to-do list. <laughs> Creating a to-do list isn't something you, you, you put on your to-do list, right? Like optimizing your to-do list isn't a fucking real task. It's busy work that makes you feel like you've done something without ever actually doing the thing. For a lot of people, it's a similar thing with goal setting. They obsess over because it gives them a sense of, like you said, Ricky control. It gives them a sense of progress and a sense of I'm, I'm learning something new. I'm doing something new and I'm seeing progress. But in reality, a lot of people obsess over the goals, but forget to actually accomplish them and do the thing. I I also think that people get, get kind of caught up in the goal without having clarity around why is the goal important to them? and who they are coming to the table. That I think is really important when you think about personal or like personally professional goals. Like if you run your own organization, you start to create vanity metrics or you're setting goals that are externally created for you rather than thinking about, well, what do I want? What does good enough look like? And then 
Corey, you really got me going when you're talking about it in terms of the more, more, more like capitalistic nature of goal setting. I was thinking about, I'm going to tell a story. I was thinking about someone that I was, that I was talking to who works in, um, like client relationship, like business development relationship. And we were working together and they were trying to figure out what was going to come next. And the thing that they've been really frustrated by is that they, um, have continued to select working with smaller, more boutique organizations that are really thoughtful, that have really beautiful work-life balance, that are really curated in terms of who they partner with. And they kept going to these organizations and each organization would then make a huge goal of like doubling, tripling, quadrupling our income. And this individual was like, I don't want to do that. Like every time they were going to another organization, they were like, they're so focused on growth that they're having turnover within the organization. They're not thinking about the quote unquote, what is enough. They're not thinking about the health and the sustainability of the company. And so I think that's also one of the things to think about for goal setting, especially if you're working in a larger organization, running a larger team is recognizing that concept core that you're saying enough and playing with this game of not just looking for vanity metrics or something that Justin, you can like share that's hot when you're with someone and they're asking, what are you up to? It's more thinking about like, well, where are we trying to go? And thinking about it holistically. Well, a and, lot of times when we set goals, we're not thinking holistically. We're thinking about bullshit. Well, and another thing is like, we're, af- I, I think a lot of us are afraid of the consequences of not having goals, right? Cause when you, when you think about the people that you know who are super lazy or they haven't really accomplished anything, they don't have goals. So they're like, oh, well, then the opposite of that is having a shit ton of goals, right? Because look at all the successful people who have all these goals. This is how you succeed. And that isn't untrue, right? But I think that is another thing that drives us and drives our obsession with goals is, well, we don't want to not reach our potential. We don't want to be lazy. We want other people to think that we're lazy. We don't want to just drift through life without any, you know, like a fucking lighthouse or some shit. Like, Oh, I know I'm going there. I'm going in that direction. I I have something to orient myself toward. That's ultimately the function of a goal. I feel right. But the, the thing is, is kind of keeping that within due bounds, right? Of like, how do I set a goal that is meaningful? That isn't a, a, a distraction or I'm, I'm getting caught up in, in pre-optimizing that kind of a thing. Right. And I think that's part of, you know, what we're going to dive into in this episode is like, you know, later, like, okay, what's maybe like a, a better way to approach goal setting. Right. But <clears throat> I want to kind of piggyback on this. What do you all see are some of the biggest either misconceptions or things that people get wrong when they approach goals and goal setting? Before we go there, there were, there were two or three threads I want to throw out there. It'll be Just succinct. feels. Well, Ricky, as you spoke right after me, I felt, oh, there's a really useful distinguishing thing here around, um, I think the way we set goals when the objective is to rally the tribe uh, uh, gets to be, it gets both set and implement, gets to be very different than the way we uh, create and implement goals when they are personally just for us. I actually think let's, this isn't even a deviation away from what you just said, Corey. One big misconception is we use things that work really well for the tribe for us. And we use things that work really well for us for the tribe, right? I think they look very different for what the goals in service of. 
That's one. Two, this is actually right along the same the same line. I think, Ricky, a point that you made, which I'm realizing in my personal journey with goals, goals are one thing in the tool set of creating a vision or an energy that we want to go toward. And the reliance solely on a goal, like a one sentence goal, I want to make this much money, I want to achieve this thing, and not bolstering and supporting that goal with vision, with, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of what do you want your days to feel like without all of the richness of perhaps things that are less succinct and less clear in a sentence, but create uh, an embodied sense of wanting an attraction. I think that's another big mistake in a way that when you talk about doing it a different way, that's something I, I really want to talk about what I mean by all of that. And the third, which actually, again, fits right into this question. Wow. Uh, I think goal setting like is very fundamental to just human psychology and the way we relate to the world. Like I, I don't quote me on the, the neurobiology of this. Go listen to Andrew Huberman before. But uh, a lot of people have been – I've heard last year a lot of folks talking about how dope, the dopamine system is kind of fundamental to humans, which is – uh, there's a sense of wanting, right? I'm hungry. I want food. I go get food. I get dopamine. Like we operate in our day to day on these mini goal setting things. Something's missing. I want it. I move to go get it. And so there's something very fundamental in the human psychological and biological operating system around goal setting. And I think we tend to just blow – one story I have is maybe we just blow that up into bigger and bigger proportions even if it doesn't always make sense. I love it. I'm, I'm now going to – I'll tennis ball, ping pong over to one of you and I'll sit with what my answer is. But I consider that question directly. But I wanted to make sure I put all that in our space. I love it. I have a – can I, I have a couple things. Can I throw out a couple things that I think we, we fuck up when it comes to goal setting? So goal setting. Oh, man. Screwed up all the time. I think I'm mostly going to talk about more personal goals versus like organization focused goals. Like Justin, when you were talking about like rallying the troops, I think that's really interesting, right? That you might actually be going for the the Google moonshot goals, right? When I'm thinking about setting goals for an organization, I might be thinking about the OKRs that you're not even meant to meet all 80% of them. It's like the whole idea is let's go big. Let's get you excited. Let's get you motivated. It's a vision. It's a lighthouse. It's a North Star. We're going in this direction. This is why, right? There's still tons of pitfalls that you can create in that space. But when I think about goal setting on the individual basis, whether it's for personal or professional, I think three of the three of the main pitfalls that I see in that, not thinking both about the micro and the macro. And what I mean by that is either you tend to this big audacious goal and you never think about, well, how am I actually going to meet it? Or you get so caught up in that to-do list, Corey, that you were talking about that's just basic admin bullshit and isn't laddering up to that bigger macro vision of where you're trying to go. I think we as humans, most of us tend towards one or the other, but I think when it comes to goal setting, the real component of that is having the mix of this big thing that you're trying to get done and how are you actually going to get it done and what does it look like? Former project manager, can you tell? Number two is I think the other thing that we really fuck up with goals is that we don't tie it to that why. Corey, you've talked so beautifully about the going into the deeper levels of why when we think about motivation and getting things done. It is so hard to move through something 
when you don't have a clear reason, why are you even trying to move towards this identity shift, right? Like Justin, if I go with the one number that you're highlighting, this is how much I want to make this year. It's like, if we don't have the real why behind it, it doesn't help us. And the third thing that I hear a lot, or I think happens with goals is that we pile them on. We have so many goals that at some point you're like, I can't even breathe. You know, I was talking to someone this week that had reached out to me. I was telling you guys before this, that she was texting me and she was saying, I, I want to become a morning person. And so I was moving through all these things. I basically was like, why do you want to become a morning person? <laughs> like, for what reason? Is it external? Is it internal? And when you broke it down, she, she was very clear that she was like, I kind of want to have time for myself in the morning that I get to eat what I want to eat and maybe exercise. And I was like, that's a lot of things that you want to get done all at once. And she was like, you know what? You're right. I just want time for myself in the morning and what good looks like over a period of time, right? That's how you can get clear around goal setting. So those are the three main areas that I see, see goal setting getting messy. One is you're either tending towards macro versus micro, one or the other. You aren't connecting to the why and the internal motivation in terms of how you're going to get, of what you want and why you want to get it done. And you're piling on goals. You know, you're not just taking one, you suddenly have 17 things that you're trying to accomplish and there's no fucking way you're going to get them all done. And those are some of the areas that I think people fuck it up with goals. Agreed. Um, like you touched on Ricky. So I, I do a lot around like core value stuff, right? Like fundamentally, like what does the life well live for you both, you know, in life and business? Like what do they have to be aligned with? Right. And <clears throat> when it comes to goal setting, one of the biggest struggles I, I, I see consistently people have is every goal, every opportunity, every idea has the potential to get you one step closer to, or one step further away from a life aligned with your core value or top values, right? Whatever you want, whatever conceptualization works for you. Goals act as a stepping stone toward this other life, right? The issue is when you cannot distinguish is this a goal worth having? Does this goal actually move me closer to this ideal life I'm actively trying to pursue and build for myself versus is this a goal that in the moment seems like a, a, a win, right? So short-term win, but a long-term loss because it causes me to deviate away in directionally from this life that I'm, I'm ultimately trying to achieve, right? And I see that a lot. Um, it's really easy, especially like with entrepreneurs to kind of play business instead of doing business. They get really caught up in, in doing the things they think they're supposed to without really considering, is this actually aligned with what I want to do and how I want to show up and, and what I'm ultimately trying to achieve. Right. Um, so that is one of the first things I typically do with people is like, where are you ultimately trying to go? What goals actually directionally move you closer to that versus which are the ones that cause you to deviate because unless you have that clarity it's really easy to get super caught up in just creating goals and then six months three years later realize fuck i have effectively created this like gilded cage or these golden handcuffs to where i built a lot of shit but i fucking hate it because this isn't ultimately what i wanted to do and now i'm just mired in all these these goals and these metrics and all this other shit and none of them are really moving me closer to where I actually want to be. Right. There's this other thing that I, I learned from Sawhill Bloom. He talks about this thing called the Cobra effect. And I'm sure I'm going to butcher it. Just Google Cobra effect. You'll, you'll learn more about it. But the story goes, <clears throat> I think it was like India. Um, they felt that they had too many like King Cobras. 
So then they were like, hey, we will pay you to bring us dead king cobras because it was like population control, right? Oh, if we incentivize people to bring them in, then we will control the population better. It'll be great. Well, the issue was that caused people to start breeding cobras to then kill them or turn them in. So it actually created an even bigger issue than had they not created that, that initiative in the first place, right? To me, this can happen with goals because we start to create goals and we're like, oh, I, I have this sense of accomplishment. I feel like I've done this. I need more goals. The purpose of, of creating a goal is to achieve it. The purpose of creating a goal is not to create more goals. But that is the thing that that is the 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 reality that typically happens of oh I achieved this one, so let me if if I if I made this much progress in life with one goal, well if I made five goals I would do even more, and now I have to have a goal with you know all these goals with my relationships and then other aspects of my personal life, my health, my fitness, leisure activities, business, creativity, and then it's just it balloons so fucking much. And then you wonder why you're constantly fucking anxious and have this existential angst of not being good enough and not doing enough. It's effectively the Cobra effect when it comes to goal setting. That's a huge so like, tired. issue. <laughs> That's a huge <laughs> issue I see people struggle with. I just got so tired. You also made me feel like, hot damn, does Corey know that sometimes I put something on my to-do list after I actually already finished it just so I can cross it off? He knows. He knows I do that sometimes. Fuck. Don't tell and, anyone. And that's, that's, but, but honestly, like, that's a really common thing. I hear that. Like, oh, give yourself a sense of accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Just, but again, that is well intentioned advice, but it causes long term issues because then you're, one, you're relying on this external motivation, this extrinsic reward to do the thing. So, like, oh, let me just write it down, then boop. Oh, look at me. I did it. And you're just, you're, you're like nickel and diming yourself and you're destroying your own intrinsic motivation that you can't tap into because you're, you're outsourcing it to a fucking check on a to-do list. And it just, it causes a lot of other issues. Yes. But those yeah. are some of the misconceptions I see. Just give anything you want to, or Ricky. Oh. No, I was just going to say one thing, which is like, I, I also think that sometimes, um, Maybe because we were just talking about the perfectionism episode. I also think that sometimes we use goal setting to like beat ourselves up a little bit. Like you set a goal and then you don't meet it because the goal was shit to start out with. And then you're sitting there really getting angry with yourself. Or sometimes you set a goal that's too big and you kind of know it and you're not going to meet it. And there's a little bit of self-sabotage that happens there too. And so that's the other thing I think about with goal setting that we fuck up a lot is that sometimes we don't really think about what does a good goal look like and what is the right sized goal for where I am. And instead what we do is we set one that's too big or too small. It's a little Goldilocksing in there and, it, and we use it as something to beat ourselves up, right? So if the goal is too small, we're like, ah, I should have gone bigger. I could have done more. Look at me not meeting my shit. If the goal is too big and you don't meet it, you're like, uh, either you're like, oh, well, I guess I got to give it up. And like, I was never going to make it. Or you're like, how dare you not meet that goal? So I think that's the other danger with goal setting is that sometimes we're using it mm, more as a stick than a carrot. Corey, you said something when you were speaking, like goals are to be achieved. Not necessarily is what comes up for me, which is, and this comes to one of my points, which is 
I think one mistake people commonly make is what is the goal for? Which is, I think, why we have – we were talking pre-episode, Corey, you brought this up. Why we have all these different goal-setting systems and anachronisms. Like we have SMART goals and then we have BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. And I've been in <laughs> transformational coaching spaces where they encourage you to do declarations, which where you declare these huge changes and shifts you're going to make in your life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with any of them. But I think the mistake is what – Ricky, you said something like where are you at right now and what's going to work best for you? And I think that's really important because depending on where you're at, sometimes you may set a goal to be inspired knowing that you likely won't hit it. People do this all the time. They'll set goals that are crazy big. But the idea being that for where they're at and that time pushes them to go even harder and achieve more if they set the realistic goal lower. But that's not necessarily the right way to set goals. For you, that might disempower you because the goal feels so far away. And maybe if you're optimizing for a state of flow, it might make the sense to compress the time horizon and make a more a, a goal that's right on the edge. You're pretty sure you can make it, but you won't. And so – one thought is like, wh wh where am I at right now? And what goal is going to create the most energy for me to get what I really want here? And I think that varies radically based on where people are at in their journeys. And only you can answer that answer for you. You can't look at what the guru is saying because the guru is at a different place in their journey or setting goals in different ways. Justin, you said something that like lit me the fuck up in that, which was thinking about the goal setting that's going to create the energy with you. Like that to me is huge here, which is your goal is going to look different than someone else's, but having it be tied to what makes sense for you, where you are right now, understanding also how motivation works for you. Like is, should the meaty, should the goal be meaty? Should it be actually reasonable? Should it be a little bit out of reach? Like kind of knowing what motivates you and what keeps you fired up and energized. I mean, those are probably also the people that like don't even need goal setting because they're already super organized and have their shit together. But there's, there's something really beautiful in that in terms of recognizing what energizes you and what gets you excited and helps create that kind of momentum around moving forward to that. That energy word really, really did something for me. Cause I feel like often goal setting is like, get this done. And it feels really tactical. And it's like, eh, I gotta get this, you know, it's like, Oh, I have to do this. But when you use the word energy, I got fucking lit up. Cause it's much more about like, well, how are you going to set this in a way that gets you excited? That makes you want to get this shit done. That makes you want to move forward. That makes you think about what you're trying to accomplish as a human being, rather than the hedonic treadmill that Corey is talking about. And that is Yes. That's how I feel about that. Yes. And it's what energizes you right now. You mm -hmm. actually tune into the current experience. Because another thing is the way you set goals last week, last month, last year might not be the same thing for where you're at in this phase. And this is why I think we all hold this. Rules for goal setting are such bullshit because the goal setting that's going to facilitate the most energy and change and whatever you want in a moment you have to just get present to what's going to work for you right now. You, you can't rely on rules. And that's why while all these frameworks are useful, any of them applied religiously or blindly, you're cutting yourself off at the kneecaps. You're, you're, you're basically just rolling a die and hoping that that framework is what's going to work for you right now. 
And agreed. Like a big thing you're, you're, you're touching on is really knowing yourself and what works best for you. Right. And then adapting whatever frameworks you find to you and your specific case. Right. So like for me, I'm oppositional. I just, I, I hate being told what to do. I, yes, I'm, I'm a 35 year old teenager in that respect. I accept that about myself. Okay. But when I historically have tried to basically micromanage myself through goals, I'm like, okay, today I have to do these seven things. And then tomorrow I'm doing this. And then this is the fucking theme for the week. And then the month. And all I feel is all I'm doing is managing myself in a, in a detrimental way. Because then I'm like, I'm like, why, why the fuck am I doing this? Like I'm bossing myself around and I'm, I'm allowing this to do list that I created to dictate my whole fucking day. And yes, you need to have a system to get shit done. Of course. But that type of system that is, that is, you know, on the micro level of like all these little tasks doesn't work for me personally because <laughs> we were talking earlier about my absent mindedness and just how I can simultaneously have an attention to detail, but also be oblivious. Like that's just, I live in this weird liminal space between those. And again, I accept that it is much easier for me to say, what is my priority for the day? What is my priority for this quarter? Let me just try to align my actions with this and, and check in with myself on a regular basis to see if these systems are working or if they're not, that is a much simpler heuristic for me than, and I know people, you know, like, um, Marie Pullen, she, she's very, she's big in notion. She's like the notion queen. Basically she has a course called Notion mastery. She is outspoken about having ADHD and how having ADHD and discover and getting diagnosed with it. Basically she uses notion to help her manage herself basically. So she got super into notion and databases and, and task management and all the and project management, all these other things, because for her specific wiring and her personality, that works really, really well. So definitely check out Marie's stuff. But for me, that system sounds like a nightmare, right? Again, it, it isn't some dogmatic thing, like find what the fuck works for you. Right. But on that note, I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago and about this whole idea of monk mode versus like building in public. And these are two, two other approaches people use when it comes to achieving goals, right? Monk mode is go off in the fucking woods, go offline for like three to six months and then don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody your next move. And then just show up with all these fucking results and start a fucking ghostwriting agency or some bullshit. Cause it's the same motherfuckers who say all that shit, but that might work. The issue with that is if you don't tell anybody what you're doing, you don't open yourself up for opportunities. You don't open yourself up to attract people who might be able to support you in your endeavors. And I think that is a piece with a lot of goal setting that is sorely missing. We only focus on the individual. We don't think about how might other people be able to, to help me along the way, right? But the, the other one is building in public. The issue with this that a lot of people struggle with is you announce your goals, you announce what you're going to do, and then you get the rush, you get the, the reward, the dopamine hit of, oh, I got all these likes on my status and oh, I, I'm talking about it and I'm getting this attention. So I'm getting the reward without actually having to execute. So then you get these people who are really good at talking up a good game, but they don't actually do the thing. 
right? If, however, you tell people what you're actively doing, that is very different, right? You're not telling them your idea. You're telling them about the actions you're actively taking. That I think is a key distinction that can make publicly sharing your goals and the progress you're making effective. And because it allows you to, to put those ideas out there and to attract people who can be supportive either directly or just, you know, support you indirectly that you don't get in monk mode, but you also aren't just getting the cheap dopamine hits of just talking about your ideas. Right. Corey, I think something that's really important there is that as you're maybe listening to this and you're starting to be like, Oh, I got to set some goals. There's, there's a little flavor in there that I think is important as you're thinking about setting goals, which is, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail, but I'm, I'm going to grab this one because it, it like aligns something for me, which is recognizing that setting your goal does not have to be a singular solo activity. Like as you are setting goals, something that's going to help you accomplish them is also thinking about what is going to support me where I am now, Justin, in terms of like who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish and how can I invite that in as I move forward, right? Like I think also sometimes when you set goals, you're sort of like in this little vacuum in this almost personal monk mode. And I'm not saying go pure public, but you're ultimately thinking about, let's say, for example, I want to write a book this year, right? I don't necessarily need to not tell anyone. I also don't need to post about it on social media. But if I do set the goal of, I want to write a book this year, and we're going to do macro and micro and think about what that looks like, we're also going to start thinking about who's going to help me get there. Who else needs to be involved in this? Is it, do I need help with accountability? Do I need support? Do I need access to resources or things like that? And that ultimately creates a lot more um, meat on the bones of a goal. Whereas oftentimes I think when we're thinking about a goal, we are in this singular mission. We're in our, we, we put our blinders on and we're not paying attention to what's going to help me actually meet this. And so I think playing in that in-between liminal space will support you in terms of actually getting it done. Well, and I am writing a book this year, right? And I've said that. Exactly. I haven't said I want to. I said I am. But the issue with writing a book is, well, writing a book is super fucking hard. It's so much easier to just tell people you're, you want to write a book, get the likes and then just move on. Right. And, and procrastinate and let fear take over. Right. But versus like, for me, I'm like, yes, I'm doing this. Here's what I'm doing along the way. Here's what I've mm -hmm. learned. Here's where I'm at. Here's a new book I, I read on the craft of writing that really gave me these insights. Here's an article about those insights and how I'm applying them. Right. I'm actively updating people on the progress. And for me, that allows me to, to attract some opportunities to, you know, quote unquote, increase my luck surface area and, but also showcase to other people like, Hey, this is possible. Right. But historically, sometimes I've, you know, when I was younger and things, I would just say, Hey, I want to do this, but then I don't actually do it. Right. So again, you have to figure out what works for you. Maybe monk mode does work for you. Maybe you are so terrified of getting the cheap dopamine from attention and you feel like that would cripple your motivation, your in, intrinsic motivation to, to complete the thing, then cool. Maybe monk mode works for you, right? Maybe smart goals is really what you need to do, right? Smart, measurable, achievable, uh, relevant and timely or time sensitive. Smart goals might really work for you. Maybe you need to set a big, hairy, audacious goal because 
if you shoot for the moon and miss you, you land amongst the stars or whatever the fuck. The, moon the shot. Yeah, whatever. Totally cool. Find what the fuck works for you. But here's my next question. I want to drop. Ahead, Wait, first. Justin. Yeah, yeah. Justin's been noodling on something. I need to. Justin's been chewing something. I think. Well, it's just I just want to drop one for our leaders because we we did make this distinction between personal and leaders, and I think we've mostly been personally geared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go to the last question, which is what are mistakes that folks make, especially especially early stage leaders. I think most leaders make messes of company goal setting process. Uh, mistakes are allowing for any part of the goal setting process to happen in a vacuum, right? So ways that this looks is the leader just goes into a cave alone, doesn't get any feedback on goals, emerges with the goals, announces. I'm imagining like the king, like walking out of the palace going, these are the goals for the year. And then walking back into the palace and not having a conversation with the people about it at all. That's a big mistake is letting any part of the process happen in a vacuum, whether that's feedback on the goals themselves, um, the announcement of the goals without being there to see and feel the energy of it, and then integration for the team around the goals because – and we'll get more into how to do this better. But inevitably, if you've actually gathered everyone's feedback, you're probably going to set goals that some people disagree with. And creating the space for folks to disagree and commit and integrate that is huge for leaders. And so when we get to how to do it better, leaders, I, I, we will, I will walk you through how I think you can do this in a more integrated way. So at the team, the whole, at the end, the whole team is rallying around the goal rather than uh, sitting in a state of what the fuck or resentment or just general disarray as you came out and hurled this goal into the ether without making it clear what it's for and why. Agreed. So we've talked about misconceptions and and things people get wrong about setting goals, but why do most goals when they fail, why do they fail? So we've created them. We've, we've done all the things, but ultimately why do so many goals fail? Pick your poison, man. It could be, it's everything. Any reason of a goal could fail. It's too big. It's too small. It's not clear enough. It, you don't have the right support. It's like half the time goals are created to fucking fail. It's the same as resolutions at the end of the day. It's like sometimes we just create them and watch them fall down. I Listen, goals are hard. I can't – sometimes they're super unreasonable. Sometimes they're like just – they're just so insane. Sometimes they're too small and then you don't even bother with them because you're like this is too small. There's no one reason. It's so many reasons. Goals fucking fail all the time. But what are the biggest reasons that you've seen either in your own life or with client work? Because people listening to this are going to be like, Oh, I I create goals. I want to create goals. However, sometimes my goals fail and maybe I haven't fully pinpointed why they fail. Despite the fact that I'm smart, I'm ambitious. I thought I had a system, da, 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 whatever. I I researched all the the goal setting things. Clearly, I think I know how to create and, and achieve goals yet sometimes or frequently I fall flat. I got something. Um, Do it. The f- most common upfront reason, and I can give some stories from my own life, but um, setting goals from a sense of ego obligation or should is a big one. 
like we're, you're not setting goals because you're really aligned with and wanting the goal, but you're setting goals because you have some story or your ego tells you should or something like that. Like an example of this is a, a couple of years ago, I ran a leadership retreat and I had a hard time really getting the number of people to attend that, that I wanted to. And if I really tune in now, something I realized was uh, I mostly had the goal of leading a leadership retreat because I believed that was things that coaches did. And I had a coach supporting me at the time who once I said it was like, now you need to do it. And I did it from a story of what coaches needed to do and what my coach was pushing me to do. And when I really tuned in, I wasn't whole body lit up by the idea of running a retreat that year. And so this is where, again, it's tuning into the energetics of, is this something that I really want and really, uh, you know, I'm going to be pulled toward it. That's one. Two is once the goals are set, the, the work around the goal is done. The energy is now into moving forward, being in process, right? I used to have this younger. I see a lot of leaders have this where they keep their energy going toward the goal. They fixate on the goal. They check it every goddamn day. They're, they're, your brain is still on the goal rather than like – Michael Jordan analogy, my goal, I focus on making, or, or I know my goal is to make the shot. And after that, my sole focus goes toward how to make the shot. I am in process of moving toward it. I think a lot of, there's a very distinct way where energy shifts from orienting toward the goal to being in process and execution toward it. And I think a lot of people don't have the clear muscle of how to do that. Again, like we said earlier, it's getting off on the goal itself rather than being in the actual execution of the goal. And in, in leaders, especially, I see this where it's like they're checking the goal every, they're checking their metrics every goddamn day. They have a string of notifications that they're checking it. One, it's exhausting. And two, it is not actually helping you in moving toward it. I, I prefer leaders who will put their heads down for weeks at a time and then check back in so that they're fully invested in the actual execution of the goal. And then for teams, why they so frequently fail, if you didn't screw up the latter two, which let me be mean for a second, you probably did. Uh, it's probably because you didn't actually get your team bought in on the goal and why it matters. You didn't create the alignment that you need cascaded across your org to have everyone rowing in the same direction with the same intensity. That, and I mean, you could argue that 90% of a leader's job is choo choosing the right goals, setting them in the right way, and then getting the team aligned around it and letting them row after it. But most leaders don't do that. They, they think that people are just naturally going to be motivated to align toward the goals they have and not getting the whole team bought in. And then naturally, like if you have a big audacious goal for a team of let's even go small and say 20 to 50 people, you need all of them to be aligned to make it happen. That's a complex organism. And, and not putting that time in, you're, you're kind of screwed from the start. And in a way that you're, you're beating the drum instead of cracking the whip. Right? You can create goals that are you know, built around fear-mongering. And yeah. you have to hit all these metrics or else you could get fired or you're going to get yelled at and things. It's like, okay, but long-term is that actually achieving the goal you think you're trying to achieve? Exactly. And also like having that big goal for those 20 to 30 people, it's, it's not just having the goal. It's also thinking about, well, what does the goal mean for each of those individual people? What does it look yes. like for them? What does it look like for your workflow? How do Get you them as connected that? to the goal as exactly. you are? If yes. you don't have that and you have this big thing that they're like, I don't even know 
how that aligns with me, then you you can't then you can't get it done. Corey, what about you? As far as why I think goals fail, despite Corey, we how... both did, we gotta pause, Corey. We just both saw you have a moment. <laughs> well, I kept clicking on the fucking un, unmute button, and Riverside just wasn't doing it. I was like, fuck. And then for a second, I was like, what the fuck is the question, y'all? The number of you times... asked the question, Corey. You asked the look, question. Look, people talk all the time about how they zone out. I don't zone out. Zoned out is my default. I zone in occasionally. Okay, it is what it's the whole thing. Thanks for joining anyway, us. Thanks. Happy to be here. <laughs> when it comes to why goals fail, despite our planning, our intelligence, our resources, whatever. Well, like Justin said, I fundamentally think a lot of times it's because our goals are not aligned with what we actually want. Yeah. And we do not treat our goals as a priority. We just treat them as just another thing to manage rather than saying like, this is my priority. Everything I do must be aligned. Every action I take, whatever must be aligned to accomplish this priority. A lot of people don't, don't approach it that way. They, they, they get mired in the logistics because they're, oh, what gets measured gets managed. Yes, but not everything measurable is, is, is matters and not everything that matters is measurable, right? Like sometimes you have to be able to, to operate in that gray space of like, this is my priority. Maybe I can't really break it down into like minutia necessarily, but functionally, this is a direction everything I do is oriented toward. Okay. Um, again, I think a lot of times it comes down to this mimetic desire, these personal narratives around, well, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to want these things. So I'm going to, and again, they're not aligned. They don't resonate with you. So you just kind of give up or you half-ass it. And then now you have another failure on your record, which then affects self-esteem, self-efficacy, a bunch of other shit. Right. Um, I think another big thing is we don't, we don't build in accountability to our, to our goals, right? Like how can I either, how can I hold myself accountable or how can I potentially recruit outside resources to help me stay accountable to these things? We also tend to not include feedback loops to allow us to course correct if we have deviated. Right. Of like just checking in with yourself of like, Hey, how effective is the current system I've set up? in achieving my desired outcome? Am I actually making the progress I think I should be making by this point? Because if not, well, then something needs to change. If so, then probably things are, are going pretty well, right? A lot of times we don't, we don't have these, these systems or these, these pieces as part of our systems. We just think we're just gonna go rogue and just do it all our, on our own without any sense of how can I make sure I'm on the right track? And if I'm not, how do I course correct? How do I even set it up to where I'm checking in to even be aware of if I'm on track or off track? Uh, and then the other thing is, just you kind of touched on this, is like there's a difference between focusing on what the goal is versus how to accomplish the goal. A lot of people focus too much on the what first and forget the how right? Process oriented versus outcome focused, right? Those are the main reasons I see people fail their goals, despite being fully equipped to actually achieve them. These are the main reasons I see. Go ahead, Ricky. 
I know. I was going to say yes. And all of, yes, everything that we've said so far is really strong. I think the other thing that I throw in there is the feedback loop around the what and the how. The other thing that I think happens to individuals is that they set this what goal, they have how they're going to accomplish it. And then Justin, you alluded to this as well as like some people, they kind of go into a vacuum and they focus on it and revisit. Some people are looking at the metrics every single day. There's this other component that I think about goal setting, which is that, uh, there should also be flexibility around it, right? If I set this big, what, this is what the goal is going to look like. And then how, when I start and I start working on it, I also think it's really important to give yourself the time and space to try to accomplish that based on the hows that you have created for yourself, whether that's accountability or support. And then there should be a moment that we come back and say, how am I doing here? This what goal, the big goal that I created, is it still right? Am I meeting it? Do I need to adapt or change it? Do I need to, there's, there's an element of reflection that also needs to occur rather than yes or no. I met it or I didn't meet it. There's a lot more gray in this. And that is also one of the issues that we run into with goal setting is that people create a goal. It's not aligned with their values or it even is, and they haven't thought about how they're going to get it done or they have, and then they start doing it and they're meeting it or they're not. And there just needs to be a little bit more flexibility as well, which is, you know, within organizations, you see it all the time that they suddenly are pivoting and you're like, what? And it's because that pivot came as a reaction rather than a really proactive, thoughtful response to, Hey, we're not meeting things. Do we want to flex a little bit? Do we need to do a big pivot? So, and that's the other reason that we kind of fail is that we ultimately fail rather than revisiting what should the goal look like? That's a great point, Ricky. Great point. I had the thought when right after Corey asked it, what do we mean by failure here? And I think that's it. So then we've bitched about goals. We've talked about all the problems with them, why they fail, misconceptions. So hopefully the audience is like, okay, motherfuckers, how do you do it right? So my question is for you, either personally or again with client work, how do you create and achieve goals? I think Justin said this really well, actually. Like when Justin, when you were talking about this earlier and you were basically saying, and both of you have done this, which to me, like if we do like a big through this episode, it's thinking about these value aligned goals. What is the big goal, right? Getting clear around that. How am I going to accomplish that in terms of getting more detailed and the support that we need and creating opportunities to have that feedback loop? Like that to me is very clear. And so that might be smart goals. That might be the big BHAG. This one is ridiculous. And then I think it's a little bit different. And Justin, I, I want you to share too, in terms of thinking about when those goals also apply outside of the individual, when they apply to the organization. I think that's an important component here. But but to me, it's like, Corey, you were hitting on this. It, it's not necessarily one size fits all. But I think if it has that flavor of it's value aligned, you know why you want it, you've gotten clear on how to get it done and you're reflecting on it, that's goal setting. You fucking did it. And like, so for me, goal setting is going to look different than for Justin, than for Corey, right? Like we can talk about how we all individually set goals, which could be fun, but like the way I said it is not going to work for you. You know, I just was talking to someone the other day who was asking me, what app do I use to manage my finances? And I was like, dude. Depends on how you think about money. Like the way I manage it is not going to be the way that you manage it. And then you need to find the tools that support it. It's just, it's so much messier than that. So it's like, yeah, I can tell you which one I use. I use Toshel. It's great. But like that might not work for you. 
And so to me, goal setting, if you do want to set it up right, it's having that value aligned goal. It's being really clear about what it is and how you're going to get it done. And then it's creating the support metrics, the opportunities for the feedback loops that you were hitting on Corey and sort of creating that. And that might look different for all of us. It doesn't have to be over-engineered, but maybe it does have to be over-engineered for you. Maybe you do need that fucking notion shit. or Maybe you just need to post it on your fucking wall. I don't fucking know. That's how I feel about it. Never had more than three hours of sleep in a row, guys. Month of this. So from a personal standpoint, if I think of goal setting being one component of a process of like architecting this attractor energy that I talked about before, right? I'm both trying to identify an archetype, architect a clear energy in me that attracts me to it. I, uh, the analogy that's coming to mind is I can think of goal setting or the actual articulation of a goal as the antenna on top of the building. And as the architect, like, you know, skyscrapers, the, the empire state building, one world trade, they have these antennas on top. As the architect of the energy, I care way less about the antenna than I do about the ballasts and, and supports that are in the foundation that are supporting the antenna. Right. And so way more than the actual articulable goal for myself lately, what goal setting more looks like is really tuning into in very simple statements. What is it that I want? Doing things like purpose definition that we did back in the purpose episode, doing things like values definition, like really getting down to like um, in, in uh, the CLG program I did every once in a while, they would be like, talk like a caveman. Like if you were a caveman, you would go, me want blah and get really simple, really fundamental, get dumb with what you want and let that be the fundamental building blocks of it. And so even with my clients, like the way I, I don't hold with my coaching clients, like goals is a sacred thing. At the beginning, I go, what do you, what do you want? What do you want out of coaching? And then I ask them to say it very simply and we hold it as a North star, but more often, again, we're coming back to presence. We're coming back to the action of moving toward what they're, how, what they're wanting might be shifting in the moment. So I hold goals, goals loosely, but I really value Again, the foundations underneath them, which is getting clear on what you want moment to moment over three, five, 10 years, purpose, values, because then you almost move towards effortlessly. Like this was my big focus in my own goal setting at the end of last year. And the goals at the end, they didn't have much pressure on them because I was just like, oh, well, here's one way that I can create clarity around how I would know I'm moving toward that. But again, there's there's no pressure on the goals. The goals actually aren't that important as important to me as all of the energy underneath them. So, like I said, if you really want that, get dumb. What do I want? Go do that purpose identification exercise. What do I want to be moving toward? And then just for me, I just find the best goal. But for you, it might be finding a really clear goal that feels achievable. It might be finding an inspirational goal. Check into what feels like it energizes you. For leaders, it is a goal set with everyone's involvement, right? So again, each step of this, let the team know you're going into a goal setting process. 
get feedback from the relevant people, have your, you get feedback from your direct reports, they get feedback from their direct reports, have it all cascade up to you, right? So now everybody has had the opportunity to give some inputs. They're bought in. They feel like they're involved. And now, again, it's kind of the same thing. You as a leader are holding the, uh, the flag for where the organization wants to go. And everyone's input is giving you data on how is my org going to feel inspired? How do they feel like they're going to get there? When you put out the, the, the call for feedback on goal setting, you might tell them where the org is prioritizing going. And you're using all of this input to then coalesce the actual goals themselves. Now, your job in this process isn't to make everyone happy. It's to get yourself all of the data so you are maximally informed to create the goal that's going to be best for the organization's stated mission and objectives. You are the steward as the leader of that work. Then, right, your job is to both share the goals with the team and be an open space so to talk to people, especially noticing people who may in particular, the goals may disagree with the feedback they gave to create the space for disagreement and commitment. You hear this disagree and commit. And as leaders disagree and commit means I actually go toward where the disagreement was and where the goals may have gone against people. And I help people understand why we made that decision. So once again, they have the opportunity to be fully bought in. But you can't go into a vacuum or blind yourself to any part of that process. You have to be willing to have every step be interrelational. And you have to have kind of the courage and bravery to make decisions that might not make everyone happy. Corey? For, for me, uh, so one, like I said, clarify your core value and then just ask yourself, does this get me one step closer to or further away from a life aligned with that core value? Because, like you kind of said, Justin, goals should be flexible. They, they should adapt to your situation. And what I find both in my own life and with clients is once we have that, that core value clarified and like, this is what a life aligned with that is going to look like, or a business aligned with that is going to look like, well, maybe week one or week three, these are the goals. But then as you gain better clarity and you, you work toward those goals, you realize, oh, fuck, these goals aren't actually going to get me closer to that. These aren't the right stepping stones for me. But with a couple tweaks and some insight, these are much better goals because they much more effectively move me closer in the right direction for me. So, so very flexible on the goals, but the destination is largely the same. That allows you to course correct. Okay. Another thing is I think about it as less, less about goals and more about commitments and priorities. Right. What are my priorities? What commitments am I willing to make to keep my priority as the priority? Right. So, for example, I've talked more about how you know, writing the book. So, that is my priority. The sub priorities under that, that align with that and support that, are growing my newsletter and growing my YouTube channel. Right. So, anytime I have other ideas of things, I ask myself, does this align with my ultimate priority of the book? So like this, this past week, I ended up revising my website. I did, um, I basically improved email capture. Well, it's like, well, Corey, does this align with the book or not? Like, does this little project, this little, is it a distraction? Are you just doing busy work or is it actually aligned? And it's like, no, this is fully aligned because the better my email, my newsletter capture system on my website is the more newsletter subscribers I get, which can then help the book right? That is a very clarifying thought exercise for me because I have ideas all day, every day. I have to have a filter 
that allows me to distinguish, is this one worth doing or is it a distraction? Is it aligned with my priority that I have committed all of my actions for the foreseeable future to be aligned with or not? Right. So that's one. Um, and then as you do this, trying to find ways of making it manageable, right? The whole, how do you eat an elephant, right? One day at a, one bite at a time, one day at a time, right? One, this allows you to break down seemingly insurmountable goals or, or commitments, priorities, whatever, into much more manageable chunks, right? Because a lot of people get overwhelmed with the things they want to do. Because it's just like, it's this whole elephant, it's this whole mountain, it's this whole thing, it's a Herculean task, I don't think I'm up to it. And then they kind of give up, feel like a failure. But if instead you say, well, what are the smaller chunk, like how can I chunk this out so it is manageable on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? But more importantly than improving your own self-efficacy, your self-belief that you can achieve it, it also gives you small wins to celebrate along the way. And this is a huge thing that a lot of people don't build in. So they can again, they're constantly striving for more and they never look back at the progress they've made. When you have a long-term project, you have to have a sense of progress. You have to have things to celebrate. One of the, the, the biggest things that I realize about myself is anytime I, most of the time I start to deeply crave playing video games. I love video games, but I rarely play them anymore when I get like just a fucking hankering to play video games for like three days straight, typically it is because I have not felt a sense of progress because I've been doing a long-term project. And on a day-to-day basis, I haven't felt progress. Video games are built uh, gamification. They're built around giving you a sense of progress very quickly and frequently. It isn't that I'm craving video games. Typically it's that I'm craving a sense of progress. So then when I take that insight and I apply it back to the work that I'm doing and I find smaller things to celebrate, my craving for video games tends to go away because that need has now been met. I now have a sense of progress on a regular basis that is now aligned with the work I'm ultimately trying to do long-term. And then the last thing I'll say is focusing on creating process-oriented goals rather than outcome-focused ones. This is the biggest thing that fucks most people up when it comes to to goals. You control the process. You do not control the outcome, regardless of, of what the outcome is. By definition, an outcome is outside of your control. Okay. Um, so focusing on how can I improve this process? How can I spend more time, energy, and attention effectively on the process of this? Because even something like, like with creators, it's really easy to check your analytics every day. Your website, your your newsletter, your YouTube, your podcast, whatever. It's, it's really easy to check those analytics every day rather than saying, and, and maybe you want to improve those analytics. Cool. You want more visitors, you want more subscribers, whatever. Cool. But you do not control if somebody subscribes to your shit or watches your shit or listens to your shit, right? What you do control is trying to focus on creating the best content you can that addresses real needs for your ideal audience. You control that. Everything else is downstream of that. Hopefully, that is a good way to kind of measure the effectiveness of your processes, right? Outcomes are are a great way to measure the effectiveness of your processes, but outcomes are not the goal. The goal, as far as what you are actively orienting yourself toward, your time, energy, and attention, should be 
the process itself because that is what you can tweak. That is what you can experiment with. The outcome hopefully is good, but you have no control over the outcome, only the process. So any time, energy, and attention you spend trying to change an outcome is wasted that you could have spent on the process. For folks who set outcome-based goals, if that's your habit, one shift that I found helpful for myself and others is let yourself have the outcome-based goal, but add a process-based goal. I actually still do this. I like them best paired together. I find process-based goals, they don't give me enough to go toward, but when I put them together, I'm going to, right now I'm trying to put on muscle, so I want to weigh this much by this date, and I'm going to do that by going to the gym four days a week with this routine and progressively overloading. That for me is the magic cocktail where I go, I know what I want and I have clarity of the process I want to go toward it. It's a little bit tougher in complex domains, but I find that thing of enabling you to shift your energy from the what into the how, the, the process-based goal enables that for me. So personally, I really like having both. That's a sweet spot for me and my system. I like it. All right. Last minute words of wisdom or spicy takes for today? Uh, for personal goals, uh, this is what I'm taking away from our conversation. The goals are by far the least important part of this process. And for team goals, uh, uh, your job as leader is to create the energy around the goal across your entire organization. When it comes to goals, you are setting goals for you not some person that is not you. And so all of this has to come down to setting the right goals that make sense for you as an individual, for your process, for how you want to get things done, how you're going to support yourself, how you're going to respond and reflect. Don't make goals for someone else. You have to make goals that make sense for you, that let you focus because at the end of the fucking day, you're the one that's going to have to fucking do it. For me... <clears throat> It really comes down to just know yourself, right? Admit when shit isn't working, right? Don't be like, oh, well, it, this is a really great tried and true, proven scientifically, whatever in the fuck goal setting framework. Okay. But if it isn't fucking working for you, it isn't fucking working for you. If you're half-assing it, admit that you're half-assing it and either course correct or abandon that goal. <laughs> like just know yourself. Know what's going to work for you. Experiment. Try to find other ways of, of showing up and, and creating these goals and achieving them. But ultimately, you have to know yourself. What works for you, what doesn't work for you. Rather than, you know, quote unquote, shooting all over yourself. Well, I should be able to do this. This should work for me. Know yourself. That's all I got. Anybody have anything Beautiful. else? Beautiful. It was gorgeous. It. I loved it. Okay. Well, everybody, until next time. Toodles. <laughs>